On today's episode of the Bourbon Bites Podcast, I'm reviewing the last batch ever of Stad Jr., talking about huge acquisitions in the world of bourbon and video games, and sharing what games I'm most excited to play that are coming out this month. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bourbon Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton, and this is episode 17, where I am reviewing batch 17 of Stag Jr., which is totally a coincidence, so much so that I'm recording this intro after recording the rest of the podcast, because the entire time I did not make the connection that this is episode 17, batch 17, but here we have it. So I haven't had a Stag Jr. since probably batch 12. They used to be somewhat available um, in my area. I, I think for the longest time, they were only $50. They did go up to around 70 or 80, but soon after that, they quickly disappeared and I just have not been able to find a bottle since. So I wanna give a huge shout out to a patron of the show and friend as well, Patrick, uh, the bourbon noob. You guys go check him out on Instagram. He found this bottle in the wild and he already had had this batch, so he offered it to me. So thank you so much, Patrick. I'm so glad to finally revisit this whiskey. Like I said, I haven't had it since batch 12. This is batch 17, and as some of you may know, this is the last batch with the name Stag Jr. on the label. So it's not like this whiskey's going away. Sorry if it's a bit of the clickbaity title and intro, um, but they are removing the Jr. from the label. So batch 18 following this will just be called Stag Bourbon. According to their um, global bourbon brands manager, Joshua Steely, they felt like the junior kind of took away from the fact that this is a very well-aged bourbon. You know, it's in the eight to nine year age range, um, whereas some people hear junior and they think, you know, young. Uh, I think they wanted to get rid of that kind of reputation because, yes, it is younger than George T. Stagg, uh, but it's not necessarily a young whiskey or, you know, a junior whiskey by any means. So I do understand the reasoning behind that. I feel like it could cause some confusion with, you know, Stagg and George T. Stagg, but I think whiskey drinkers who are even able to find it at this point will know the difference. But yeah, I think it's pretty cool that I own the last batch of Stagg Jr. as we know it. But what's even better than owning it is drinking it. So let's go ahead and get it open. Wow, that was a mighty cork pop. Sorry, headphones users. <laughs> So this latest batch comes in at 128.7 proof. Um, this was released winter of last year. So it's a little bit lower proof than the past uh, few releases, but 128.7 is still you know, relatively high. It's not like a drastic difference like um, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof did last year. Um, this is still up there. So let's go ahead and give this one a nose. It's been so long since I've had Stag Jr. So hopefully I enjoyed as much as I, I have enjoyed the previous batches. Ah. Uh, yeah, that nose is so familiar to me, yet so different from what I've been drinking a lot of lately. I really haven't drank much Buffalo Trace products um, much at all over the past year or so. I just don't tend to buy it very often because, I don't know, I, usually to me I think that the cherry note that's very associated with Buffalo Trace whiskeys is a bit too, I guess, artificial or dominant in those younger, lower-proof releases. I think it really matures very well in some of these releases like Stag Jr. or George T. Stag, where it becomes so... You know, a lot more delicious of a note than a fake kind of artificial candy cherry. Um, so I can tell in the nose, this has definitely got that cherry note, but I'm really hoping it keeps that maturity and that depth that really these older releases should bring to that note. Let's go ahead and give this a taste. Cheers. Oh, wow. Whew. It's been a minute since I've had high proof Buffalo Trace. It also doesn't help that that's the first thing I've had to drink today. So <laughs> kind of caught me a little off guard, but wow. 
is that a big, bold bourbon? I see now why they want to remove the junior, because there's nothing junior about this flavor profile. It's super rich. It's packed with all these great flavors. You know, it's not the artificial cherry. It's a very natural cherry flavor that's there. And I think it does have like a lot of wood backbone kind of supporting that flavor and adding more depth to it. It's not necessarily overly sweet. I think it's really rich and intense. Um, and there is some sweetness, of course. It's, it's Buffalo Trace. That's typically sweeter whiskey. But there's definitely some darker notes, um, especially on the back end of this. You know, it's still got the oak, but there's a hint of like a like new leather, not necessarily like an older leather, but like a new like leather wallet or leather boots that kind of lingers on the end part. And it has uh, some more fruitiness in the end, but I, I'm surprised by how you know drastic of a journey this whiskey takes you on it starts out sweet with that cherry and by mid palate you're starting to get those oaky notes and then it leaves you with that really dark leathery kind of finish i mean this is this is a fantastic bourbon i really wish stag was easier to get i i know a couple years ago like i said i could see it on the shelves for 50 i wouldn't even mind if this went up to 80 and it was just on the shelves i would pay that Absolutely. I think it's an exceptional bourbon. It drinks like a limited edition bourbon. And um, even if you're not the biggest Buffalo Trace fan, like like I said earlier, I struggle to see what bourbon drinker wouldn't enjoy um, a pour like this, unless they just don't like, you know, the higher proof stuff, then of course, I understand. But um, this has all of the most delicious bourbon flavors packed in and it packs a freaking punch. <laughs> if you see batch 17, uh, definitely grab it one because it's the last stag junior. Um, but also it's just a really incredible batch. I have I haven't heard much about this batch in particular, uh, but I can tell you right now, batch 17, which is the 128.7 proof. Um, if you see this one, buy it because it is that good. But switching gears here a bit, we're going to get into our news section of the podcast. Um, another major distillery, one of my favorites, Heaven Hill, just made a massive acquisition that a lot of people are talking about. So earlier this week, they announced that they had acquired Samson and Surrey. They make Widow Jane bourbon. They make Few bourbon, um, as well as a few others that I'm not super familiar with. Tequila Ocho, um, Brené French whiskey. But these are apparently six premium brands of spirits. So I think it's really cool because Heaven Hill doesn't acquire brands that often. I think they've only acquired like six different brands in the past 20 years, which I mean, it seems like a lot, but I mean, look at the beer industry, how many brands are being acquired by the, the megas in the beer world. Um, so this is a big deal for both sides. Fortunately, they don't plan on changing how um, this the Samson and Surrey actually makes their products. Um, they're actually acquiring all of their facilities as well, so they're going to continue to make it, you know, under the same name. Um, it's just going to be owned by uh, Heaven Hill, and sounds like they're very excited about it. They're they're glad to be led by you know one of the biggest names in the industry. Um, and I think honestly, if this gets these brands more out there, maybe lets them have more releases, I'd be here for it. I don't have too much experience. I don't think I've ever tried Widow Jane. I don't think I've tried anything from few. I've seen them on the shelves though. And I have heard good things about Widow Jane. So maybe this means I'll have a more of a chance to get a chance to try it out here in Southern California because I don't really feel like I see them that often, but I could be wrong. I just may not have been looking for them, but they also have a Mezcal brand, which is pretty cool. Mezcal Vago. Haven't heard of that one, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Mezcal. Y'all know I love exploring different spirits. It's not all about bourbon here. So speaking of acquisitions, another major one um, happened, not in the world of whiskey, but in the world of video games. Last week, we talked about Microsoft acquiring Activision. Well, seems like they're not the only one who wants a slice of the game developer uh, pizza pie. I don't know where I'm going with that metaphor, but <laughs> Sony actually acquired the brand Bungie Games for $3.6 billion. This was announced earlier this week. Um, thank you to our friend Brandon, who gave me the link over on 
on our Whiskey and Gaming Lounge Discord server, where you'll find all the latest and breaking news and uh, fun hangouts as well. So if you're not familiar with Bungie Games, they are known for creating the Halo series and the Destiny series. So it's actually a really fascinating history. Back in the year 2000, Microsoft acquired Bungie and released Halo Combat Evolved as like the launch title for the original Xbox. And they continue to work together on the entire Halo franchise. In 2007, Bungie actually split away from Microsoft and signed a deal with Activision in 2010 to make Destiny. So that was a multi-year deal. I think it was seven years. And uh, they did Destiny. They did Destiny 2, both very, very successful uh, shooter games. And they since announced that, you know, they were ending that partnership. And now they're teaming up with Sony. So it sounds like they're doing a bit of hopping around, playing the field. But man, if they keep it up the way they've been doing, we're due for an incredible new franchise. They haven't released any details, but they are working on a new um, intellectual property. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be with the Sony team. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be an exclusive, kind of like Halo and Destiny have been in the past with Microsoft. Um, but it seems like, you know, a really good move if you're a PlayStation owner like myself. Um, I can't wait to see what they do working with this incredible game studio. Similar to the Heaven Hill uh, issue, they are allowing uh, Bungie to continue to make the game, you know, exclusively in-house. They're not necessarily, you know, taking over the process. They're just going to oversee it kind of like Heaven Hill is doing um, with the Spirits brand. But I think it's really cool. I think it's, you know, I mean, I, I do get a little nervous with these mega acquisitions. I mean, again, 3.6 billion dollars um i really hope you know they're not leading towards a kind of a monopoly kind of situation with microsoft and playstation but it's not my industry you know i don't know too much about the ins and outs of how that works um i'm a, i'm liking that they're allowing the the developers to continue to make the games uh themselves and just kind of overseeing it versus you know dissolving the team or creating a new team or whatever it, it's nice to see that they're keeping the original people on the project also important to note, they are still intending to be a multi-platform studio, meaning um, they're going to continue to make games for all platforms. Not necessarily saying there's not going to be an exclusive for Sony at some point, um, but I, I, they are intending to be a multi-platform developer and not a PlayStation exclusive. So that's really important to know. And finally, I want to end the podcast since it's the beginning of the month with the new games being released this month, February 2022. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this, these might are probably already out. Uh, but the biggest two that I think everyone is talking about, first of all, Horizon Forbidden West finally releases on February 18th. Um, this, of course, is the sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn, which was one of the most well-received, I think, at one game of the year when it was released. Um, this is basically a sequel to that. You're still following the same main character, but this world is even bigger and you get to explore this new area um, which is called the Forbidden West. It's based on the western United States so there's gonna be a lot of landmarks, a lot of things like San Francisco in the game um, but it's kind of like a dystopian kind of future version of it so I'm really excited. I've seen a little bit of this game. I have not actually played Horizon Zero Dawn. I've watched my husband play it. Um, we do have it though. I might need to try to, there's no way I'm gonna like get into it before February 18th but um, I, I may need to revisit a little bit of that, that story just to kind of get myself caught up. But this new game, is it looks absolutely incredible, and I can't wait to play it. And secondly, the other game that everyone's excited for is Elden Ring, which is a long-awaited collaboration um, between From Software, who is the studio behind Dark Souls, and George R.R. R. Martin, the creator, the author of Game of Thrones. Now, Elden Ring, even though it sounds like a like Lord of the Rings kind of thing, it's actually an original story developed by um, both George R.R. R. Martin and the studio themselves. Um, it's based in The Lands Between, which is the world of the game. And apparently there was an Elden 
golden ring that has been scattered throughout the world. So demigods across the region are holding pieces of the ring, but these pieces are corrupting them, and your goal is to collect all of the components of the Elden Ring and restore order to the land. So yes, I totally just read a synopsis of that. I have watched the trailers. I freaking love games that are so story and world driven. And you know when you involve, you know, George R.R. Martin, he's gonna really flesh out these worlds, these characters. Now being honest, you know, RPGs aren't really my favorite category of game. This game is probably gonna be a lot more big than something I'm ready to tackle. I prefer a little bit more casual games. I do like story driven games, but I, I know with, like I said, the other games, the Dark Souls series, they are very, very intense. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what other people think of this. I might watch a few streams of this. I don't personally plan on getting Elden Ring um, unless it just completely changes my mind about the whole genre, which it could, you know, I'll wait till the reviews come out, but it, it looks absolutely beautiful. The worlds, the characters, um, definitely keep an eye on that. If you're into those like darker, um, RPG style games, especially those based in like fantasy worlds. Um, I think that's definitely, if that's up your alley, then definitely check out this game. And lastly, another game that is coming this month that I am definitely going to be playing, that is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask is being added to Nintendo Switch Online. Now, of course, you do need the expansion pack, which gets you access to Nintendo 64 titles. Um, I actually, believe it or not, have not played Majora's Mask. I know, like, what kind of a gamer am I? But I was really into Ocarina of Time. I actually played that game, like, I, I beat it once when I was little and I replayed it, but I have not played Majora's Mask, which is crazy because it's basically the follow-up to that game. So I cannot wait to play Majora's Mask finally. I do have the expansion pack. Maybe I'll stream it. If y'all are interested in that, let me know. I'll stream that over on Twitch. Um, by the way, if you're not following me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash bourbonbites. I do some pre-gaming streams before my YouTube streams and some random uh, gaming streams as well. So make sure you follow me. You'll be notified when I go live and what I'm playing. So I change it up every now and then. I think we're going to do some Fall Guys this week, but um, I, def I definitely will be playing some Majora's Mask once that comes out. So keep an eye out for that on Twitch. And thank you all for listening. I think that does it for this week's podcast. Let me know what games you guys are excited for. Like I said, if you're not on our Whiskey and Gaming Lounge Discord, bourbonbites.com scroll to the bottom you will see a link to the discord there can't wait to hear what you guys are playing and drinking on this month but until next time this has been bourbon bites cheers and i'll talk to you next episode